Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Violence, iniquity, destruction, strife and contention. The law, the governing authorities are paralyzed. There is no justice. The wicked are winning. Is that a description of what we see today? What is happening in our country and world? Maybe so. That's what Habakkuk saw. In his own country, among his own people, who should have known better. So Habakkuk complained. He had a bone to pick with God. Why aren't you doing anything, God? Why are you just letting this go on? Why aren't you saving? Questions many, maybe you, are asking today as well. God answers Habakkuk in verses that were actually left out of the reading assigned for today. He didn't have to answer. God doesn't owe us any explanations, but he does. And he tells his prophet, I'm sending in the Babylonians. Wait, you're what? That's the nuclear option here. The Babylonians are evil to the core. They are merciless, cruel, and bordering on the inhuman in how they wage war and treat their foes. Lord, that's not what I meant. Seriously? You're not really going to use a nation even worse than your people to discipline them, are you? They don't really need that, do they? Just a, just a rap on the knuckles is, is all they need, right? Not to be blown up. But that's exactly what God is going to do. It will surely come. It will not delay, he tells Habakkuk. The soul of my people is puffed up. It is not right. But do not fear. Trust. Believe in me. The righteous shall live by his faith. Faith that trusts and believes in God, not only in the good times, but in the times when nothing seems to make sense and everything seems to be falling apart. Such times are not the times to turn away from God and seek help elsewhere, but to turn toward Him and trust that He is working good, even if it is in ways we cannot understand. And God did work good. It wasn't easy, though. The sin and corruption of his people ran deep. So they spent 70 years in exile from their land, living in Babylon. But even that was merciful. They deserved far worse. Then, after the 70 years, God brought them back, chastened, humbled. They rebuilt And at just the right time, back in their land, God dealt with their sin again. For from them was born the promised Messiah. 
The same God who used the Babylonians to save them from their wicked ways now came himself to save them. And not just them, but the world from their sins. Then too, using the wickedness of men, betrayal, hatred, perverted justice, and a cross. A cross which didn't look good at all, and yet God used to work the greatest good and exactly what we need. But Old Testament times and Babylonian armies are hard for us to relate to. Even if Habakkuk's description of their evil ways sounds eerily familiar to what we see today, so let's bring it a bit closer to home. Like Jesus did in the Holy Gospel we heard today when he talked about forgiveness. Just like in Habakkuk's day, there is sin in our world, no doubt, you know that. It seems to be getting worse every day. You sin, others sin against you. And maybe like Habakkuk, you have a bone to pick with God about that. About why he lets it go on. Why isn't he doing anything about it? Why do the wicked seem to be winning? Why, God? Do something, God. And maybe like Habakkuk, you don't like his answer. His twofold answer, which basically boils down to this. I am doing something about it. I'm sending you in. Wait, what? That's not what I meant. First he says, yes, my child, there is sin in the world. I know it. And temptations to sin are sure to come. But don't just look at others and point the finger at others. Don't you be the source of them. For the one who causes my little ones, my believers, to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea, which sounds a bit like a nuclear option. Like God told Habakkuk, sending in the Babylonians. For a millstone? Really? Don't we need just a, a rap on the knuckles, Lord? Is our sin really that bad? Yes, it is. Then second, and even more than that, when you are sinned against, when you are hurt, when others trample on you and take from you and cheat you, forgive them. Rebuke them, show them their sin, but not to shame them and hurt them back, but to lead them to forgiveness which you will give. And not just once or twice. Over and over, seven times in a day, if that's what it takes, and even more. For seven is just a number. Jesus said 70 times seven in another place. The point being, forgiveness doesn't keep count. Just forgive them. Now it was the disciples' turn to say, wait, what? Let us get this straight. Don't cause others to sin. And if we do, the millstone around our necks and all that. 
But when others sin against us, they don't get a millstone. We have to forgive them. Do you know what you're saying, Jesus? What you're asking? We can't be that. We can't do that. You're asking the impossible. If you want us to do that, increase our faith. Maybe you feel that way. For forgiveness, that's just not how the world works. If you point out someone else's sin against you, that's just an invitation to get screamed at and be told to shut up, sit down, and mind your own business. And to forgive, that's just an opportunity for others to continue to walk on you and take advantage of you. But if we as Christians won't do those things, those who aren't Christians won't do those things, and the sin and wickedness in the world continues to grow with more and more necks being fitted for millstones. Jesus didn't say it would be easy. Now maybe the disciples had Habakkuk in mind when they said to Jesus, increase our faith, since as we heard the righteous shall live by his faith. But faith is so hard. To trust, to believe when it doesn't seem to be working? When nothing seems to make sense? When everything seems to be falling apart? At such times, don't turn away from God and look to take vengeance yourself or harbor that grudge or make them pay for what they did to you. Turn instead toward God who is working good in the world in the church, in you, even if you cannot understand how. For he has given you the faith you need. For what really matters is not the size or strength of your faith, but the size and strength of the one your faith is in. Because you can have faith in yourself 